get off Instagram and stop thinking like, what's the success thing that someone else did? How many TikTok followers do they have? How many, you know, and really be like, wait, what is coming from the inside? What is an expression of my authentic self that needs to be fulfilled in the world? And how do I want to do that? Welcome to the Get Clear with Crystal Ware podcast, the place where we get clear on our goals, own our worth, and learn to be the CEOs of our own lives. I'm your host, Crystal Ware, lawyer and former Fortune 500 corporate leader who found the confidence to say goodbye to a lucrative career and start my own business. Now I'm opening up the playbook and sharing everything I've learned to get you there faster. It may not be easy, but it will always be worth it because you are made for more. So put on your big girl pants, jump on board, and let's reach for the stars. Are you ready to get clear? I am so beyond excited today to have Marnie Batista here with us. She is the founder of Dating with Dignity, where she works with and helps successful women who are ready to take it to the next level and get clear on their dating life. She is also the host of Life Check Yourself. She has done so much in creating the Institute for Living Courageously, where they work on transforming your life, your love, your career. She is a transformational leader, dating expert, a relationship coach, and soon-to-be author. Marnie is currently working on a book, which I'm sure she'll talk to us about at some point in the podcast. And uh, we'll be ready to launch that book in a year or two with Hay House Media. And we're excited to talk to you today, learn about your journey, learn about what got you to be the Marnie you are today. Uh, and yeah, where do you want to start? Where do you want to jump in? I mean, there's so many things along your journey that I think are interesting. Um, so maybe just start with the beginning. What did you go to school for? What was your dream for your life? Oh my gosh. Because, <laughs> you know, I think it has transitioned so much. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that I, I like to talk about is that, um, and I think it's even more challenging than, you know, when I was growing up, I'm in my mid fifties, but there's this sort of preconditioned set of shoulds that we feel like we're like, you know, installed with, you know, um, and especially as women, you know, it's like you're going to you got to go to school. You got to be really successful. You got to be the best. You got to get into the next school. You got to get into the next job. You know, you have to meet that guy. You have to have this much money. I mean, it's it's crazy. Right. And I think that even now those pressures are bigger. The numbers are greater and the pressure starts earlier. Right. And so when I think about those shoulds that I created and then at the age of like 38 was like wait I'm not happy in my marriage I am not doing the career that I want to do um I'm a mom and that's amazing and I also feel like I'm not living the life that I'm really meant to live on my terms and it was challenging right because I married someone who really reinforced a belief I came in with of I'm not enough what can I do to make you happy um, so leaving that was like, I think really the biggest first challenge that I had in my life. And I think that that blessing, right, of of realizing in an earlier age in my life and 38 at this point feels like I was younger, right? Where I was like, wait a minute, this isn't who I am. I'm not allowed to be who I am. I don't even know who I am. 
I think that really came through in that experience. And that was sort of the trajectory that that evolved from making that one decision, right? That this is out of alignment. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I want, but I know this isn't right. And that courageous move really set me on this path to have this life that really ultimately is beyond whatever I could have imagined for myself beyond the shoulds. Wow, I think that's so powerful, Marnie. And I think you touched on a couple of different things that are, you know, resonating and that people struggle with that you came into it feeling maybe somewhere inside of you that you were not good enough. And that was reinforced by this relationship that you were having. And I always like to pause there and remind people that you are good enough, no matter where you're at at life, no matter what you're doing, no matter, you know, how much more you have or want to accomplish that you are good enough today and that we are all made for more. We just have to lean into that. And so how did you find yourself, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but married for 17 years with um, children, right? And deciding or feeling um, that this wasn't right for you. How did you find the courage to make that change and move forward in a completely different, unknown, scary world. Yeah, you know, I, I was really, I couldn't. So here's the thing that I really think people need to find because this works for me. Um, I had to find a why that was deep, right? Like something that was connected to my core values, right? Something I really, really cared about. And I kept wanting to change or do things differently, but I couldn't. But when I thought about my three daughters, I was like, do I want them to grow up with a mom who's not happy, being criticized, who's being whatever? And I think that this translates across, you know, anything, right? Like if you're in your career or you're in a job and you're not respected or you're not fulfilled. You're the people who love you, right? And if you have, whether it's kids or nieces or nephews or you're a volunteer, whatever it is, right? There are these people who are like inspired by you, whether you really realize it or not, like they're looking up to you. And so it's like, I was like, if I can't do this for myself, I have to do it for my kids, right? I have three daughters. I don't think it's on accident. And so um, they became my why. And... I I just knew I didn't want them to see this as an example of what it means to be a woman. And they were from the ages of, I think, two to about eight at the time, right? So it was scary. I like destroyed their little picket fence world. Um, but in the end, it was the best thing I do. And now they're 27, 24, and 20, right? And... um knock on wood, you know, they came out, they came out well, right? They're like, well adjusted, they have self worth, they communicate, they can express themselves, they can set boundaries, we can have challenging conversations. Um, that's so so that was my why at the beginning, right? So I think my, my thing is, is that you have to really look at what, what is your motivation that's beyond I want a better job or I, you know, I wish my could find a different husband who treated me. It, it has to be something that's so deep into who you are and what you really care about. Um, or, and this is the other piece, and this is what us humans do. The pain has to be so bad that you can't take it anymore, right? Um, you want happiness. But, 
Or yeah. your pain is so bad. It's got to be one of the extremes, it's right? It's got to be one of the others. And the universe will keep like, you know, it'll keep reminding you, you know, um, and that happened later in my, my journey. I mean, I, I really want to say this was the beginning, you know, and it taught me to start listening to myself and I got to know who, who I was, who I am. And that started this like exploration of like, who am I? What do I want? What do I want to create? What's the kind of life I want to design? I ended up meeting my now husband five years later and raising our kids and creating a life and a, and a business that is in alignment and really thinking about these core seven spiritual questions to help me stay on that path. Yeah. And so, you know, Going back, were you at the time when you made the decision or, or life was giving you those blues that things were not where they should be and there was something more out there for you and you weren't feeling in the right space or feeling totally satisfied and happy with where things were? Were you working at that time? So no, I wasn't. I was a full-time mom. Um, my husband was very successful. You know, I sort of was hoping that that, having like a credit card, was going to be enough um, and being able to do whatever I wanted to do. And that, that made, and that's really an interesting thing too, right? Like I had all those shoulds. I had a nice house. I had a husband who was successful. People liked him. You know, he was charming. He wasn't outwardly, uh, you know, in a way where people were like, oh, you need to leave that guy. He's a jerk. Um, I had a housekeeper and nanny, you know, I had like a really... I could, I tried so hard, Crystal, to hide inside, like be grateful, you know, be grateful for what you have, be grateful for what you have, you know, uh, it didn't work. The shoulds, right? You should be happy. Marnie, you should be happy. Why are you not happy? You have X, you have Y, you have a Z, you should be happy. Um, you know, that really resonates with me. Uh, it's hard for me to not get choked up sometimes when I think about that because uh, I've, I've kind of had the same experiences in my career. Um, not not necessarily my personal life, but in my career where it's like, oh, look around. You have a great job. You have a great salary. You have great this. You should be thankful. But there is something more. And I think that people, especially women, you know, get trapped by that. Um, and... That's how you find yourself looking back, you know, at 90 or 100 or whatever we hope to live to and, I, and being a little disappointed that you didn't try something out. So I just wanted to ask that and highlight that because for, you know, listeners out there that may be saying, you know, I I don't have a job right now. I don't have an income. How could I possibly get divorced and start over when I don't have anything on my own? So I think that's really empowering to people uh, here. Yeah, you can do it. That you can. Uh, you know, it's funny. One of my Kaiba cousin, who's seven years older than me, she's like a sister to me, and um, she got divorced. She thinks she's like twenty three or twenty four. Um, and I remember her saying to me, like, "I don't care if I like literally get like a studio apartment and I have a lawn chair. <laughs> I will be happier in that studio apartment with a lawn chair than I am." Now we are women, like we are badasses. We have this inner resilience and strength. And I love men, but I just like we give birth if we want to, like we do anything. <laughs> and I think that it's about remembering that your power, right? And your and your strength. And it's about 
taking action, having intention, asking for help, leaning in and getting clear on what it is that you want. Because when I started, I I had left my career, you know, I got an alimony, but it was way less than what I was used to living on. And I just decided, you know, I'm going to do what I always wanted to do. Uh, so I went back to school. I got a loan. I went back to graduate school and, you know, started kind of from there. Found childcare for my kids when I went to school, all those kinds of things. And so it, I was in debt. I was in so much debt <laughs> because for a while after I got divorced, I was in, I was in denial. I was like, cool. I still have these credit cards. Like maybe that'll make me happy. Right. Cause then I did the divorce thing and then I was like, oh crap. There, it's not like, a knight in shiny armor like rode up on his horse and he was like, I'm your person. Now all, you know, it wasn't like that, right? And so, you know, there are moments where I would look around my house and be like, what have I done? Oh my God, right? Uh, so I had to get out of like a mountain of debt, go back to school, really start over. And um, at that point I was 38, right? But at 38, I was like, oh God, I'm almost 40. Like, I can't believe I'm going through this now, right? Well, now I'm 56. And I look back on that and I was like, thank God I did that when I was so young, right? So, it, and, and I have clients that are in their 70s that are like, oh, honey, you're so young, right? Like, you're so lucky you're doing this right now. So wherever you are is your exact right time. I get, I just wanted to say that. Absolutely. Well, and you're, it, that resonates with me. I mean, that is so simpatico to what I feel I've been living and telling people since I was literally 14 years old that you're not too old. If you want to make a change, I remember talking to my mom about that um, when I was in high school. If you want to make a career change, if you want to do something different, I mean, if we look out, there's a lot of amazing stories about people that were doing excellent things by not letting a number on a piece of paper hold you back. I mean, honestly, I feel like 40 is barely scratching the surface these days. We have so much left to live and give and do even into, I mean, I, I find so much enrichment in talking with people in their 70s and 80s and 90s and all the experience they have to offer. If people would just feel like they could get out there, like in their mind, they're holding their own selves back. There are so, I mean, I've seen people out there skiing that were 80 years old. If you can think you can do it oh. and your body is up for it, girl, go do it. I love it. 38 was not old and 56 isn't old. And gosh, you don't even look 56 at all. <laughs> oh, well, well, thank you. Thank you. You know, I just did this whole, so my husband and I, so I did this again last year. You know, I had all the shoulds. I like, I got through a divorce. I have this really amazing, lovely, I have some husband. I raised my kids. I built a business. I had money in the bank. Like I did it, right? Like, okay, now I did it. And I was like, not listening. And then I got in a really bad ski accident uh, and I sort of had to start everything over again. So anyway, uh, my husband and I ended up selling my house. I left the comfort zone and we've been living in an RV traveling around the country for a year trying to figure out like what blows our hair back, you know, like where, what is it now that we really want to create? And one of the biggest gifts I got was meeting all these people on the road who were 75 or 80 who were doing this when they'd retired or 85. And listening to their stories about how they wish they would have done what they really wanted to do when they when they felt the calling inside and not waiting until some external milestone was achieved that they thought was going to give them permission. And so for those people who are like, well, wait, I got to wait till my kids are older. I, I, I should get that promotion. You know, I should make sure I lock in this benefit. 
I should wait till my parents are like, you know, in a better place or I move them out or they pass away or whatever it is, right? Because we can, those milestones are ways to, for really smart people to rationalize avoidance. Yeah. Uh, and and so what they're proud of is dreaming. Yeah. So it's how can you, how can you do both those things? And there are ways to, to change your life without blowing up the life you have. Do you find that, you know, in the modern day age where, you know, social media puts all of these materialistic things in front of us? I mean, we, we've been in the rat race really since the Industrial Revolution, which is pretty tragic when you think about it. And that that's kind of shaped my views on work and work-life balance and where I want to go with my career and my um, service to the world. But do you find that it, 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 you know, in the divorce situation as well, you know, the materialistic aspects are holding people back, like from really living the dream that they want? Well, yeah. And I think that that's a great question because one of the things that it's really important to do is to really define success. You know, what does that really mean to you? Because it's not really about often those things that we think are going to make us happy or fulfilled rarely do. I read, I interviewed a guy, uh, a rabbi, a Steve leader for my podcast, and I'd read his book and he had been at the uh, deathbeds of over a thousand people. And he said, uh, of a thousand people, one person said, I wish I would have worked harder. <laughs> the other 999, you know, I wish I would have played, played more with my kids, you know, retired sooner, um, spent more time with my mom, you know, whatever it is. And so I think that that a really important thing. The first thing to ask yourself is when you look at your life vision in certain, you know, the certain areas, there's more than just, and I think this is something that really here, it, your life vision isn't just like your career and your money and maybe your primary relationship. It includes like, you know, your community, your other relationships, um, your intellectual and spiritual and emotional growth and health. Uh, the legacy that you want to leave, fun and play. You know, like that's building out a, a, a full life and really thinking about what is it that really, uh, in my world, I call it what really blows your hair back. You know, where do you feel like, you know, you're really thriving, like you feel time stops. You're really like who you are is aligning with with how you're being. Um, and that that, that journey is a series of experiments that you can do as you design your life, right? To really figure that out. And in the meantime, have a great time, right? Building and living your ideal life as you're creating it rather than just focusing on those three things that we think make a meaningful life, money, career, and a family. Yeah. And so would you mind sharing a summary or a snippet of what your vision is for your life? So every year for the last like I don't know, eight or nine years, my husband and I have sat down and we've done this annual planning, kind of like a month-long uh, process. You know, he does, and just also, I for those of you who are like, my husband would never do that. Okay, so he does it his husbandly way and I do it my way. Um, so, but we we have these conversations. So, you know, and that's part of why we did the Radical Living Challenge. Um, because what we realized was, uh, a couple of years ago, we sat down, we we're doing this and we we're like, okay, we always list what our peak experiences of the year. Um, 
And we'd done this year in and year out. And we were like, wait, all of our peak experiences are basically not in Los Angeles. We're like out in nature. Um, we're being active. We're challenging ourselves. Uh, we're exploring. We're exploring uh, like things, you know, we're having new and novel experiences. And that was like the opposite of where the trajectory of my life was going. Like my kids left the nest. I'm staying in the house they grew up uh, grew up in. I'm walking up the stairs with all their photos from when they were kids, missing those days. <laughs> That's, you know, trying to like find a window during traffic to go on a hike. Or my husband not going to surf because we live four miles from the beach, but it takes 45 minutes to get us. Uh, you know, right? Um, hearing gunshots in my neighborhood, like, you know, not being able to walk to the market anymore because there's a homeless encampment. So, so anyway, all that to say that we started to think about, well, what is our ideal community, you know? And so, um, and who are those people in the community? And so we really have, have honed that one in and we're still trying to figure out where this is, but we're like, okay, there's nature. We can be outside. We can hear or see some sort of water. Um, one thing we learned on our Radical Living uh, Adventure Year One, we were in community with really active people that were also very successful and very smart. Um, up until then, especially living where I lived in Los Angeles, people were very smart and very successful or very active often, but I didn't really meet a lot of people that were very much like right here where this was as important as this. Um, and I met these really incredible people along the way that were really active and doing really cool stuff. And I was like, I want to be around people who are ambitious and have success, but also this is as important to them. Like that's the community I want to find. Um, so where are those people, right? How do I create connections with those people? I just had a light bulb for you, Marnie. I know that you're already working on your book, but I love this. Tell me on the road, you need to start capturing these stories and have, you know, some kind of collection of stories from the road about these. Oh, I got, that's people. I got, my whole book is based. Oh, OK, great. Yeah. Yes. So the whole structure of the book is really all the different places that we went and the, le the lessons that I learned about life. Right. Like, how do you create a meaningful life along the way? Um, because I feel like. You know, that is exactly what I've seen. I mean, I live in Houston. I, I, I've been to L.A. so many times. My husband used to live in California and my godson lives in Long Beach. Um, so I'm very familiar. And I, I think it's a lot of similarities, right? Like it's a big concrete jumble that goes on for miles and miles. And while there is a lot of country and there's a lot of outdoors in California, which there's also in Texas, um, you don't find that. And I mean, I grew up myself with land and country places on both sides of my family and thought, this is terrible. I mean, I would never live like this. I would never want to be in the country that much. I, God, my parents would drag me there when I was 16 and I just loathed it. And now it's like, how can I do that? And I think that's what we've seen the shift in the pandemic with people moving into small towns where you can be more aligned with nature. Um, and I, I mean, I see the same thing because I, that's exactly what I feel for myself is high driving type A successful woman, but I also love, um, and there's a reiki or whatever, you can look it up, um, a Japanese word called forest bathing and the health and vitality that brings you of just walking in the forest, even if you can do that for 30 minutes a day. Um, and so, yes, I would love to read and hear about stories of other people and how they got 
the courage to do that because I think that's where we get stuck in this modern era is that, you know, it look my life should look like this. I don't know how. And that is what my goal in life is to do. Show people how you can do this. How can you live an alternative life that's going to make you happy? Hey, if you want to work 12 hours a day and live in a concrete jungle and never leave, more power to you. I am right. Exactly. But yeah, you want to live in a cabin off the grid and mail in papers to write a book or write articles or do something else. I, I feel like there's a way to make whatever you want um, successful. There's a blogger I used to read years and years ago. I've been like into blogging and reading and educating myself forever. Um, and And her saying was, you can have anything you want, but you can't have everything. And I think that's really what we have to focus on is like, what is moving you the most? It may be hard to have a million dollar salary and live in a cabin off the grid. Yeah, like, well, exactly. You can do something in the middle. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, I think so one of the key things that that really made this possible, which I think is a way to, for people to start thinking about this, is approaching a series of what I call um, experiments, uh, right? So, what, so this whole thing is really interesting. So I came across this whole concept of life design uh, and I started looking at that and it just so happened. And this is really funny because talk about a modern world. My daughter's 27. Uh, you know, she has this like uh, corporate consulting job. I would never really understood exactly what it is she did until I realized that what she's doing is design or based on the user experiment experience and like lots of different modalities. And I was like, wait a minute, you're doing like a version of life design. Life design must come from this. So I went down the research trail, right? And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's this whole like, like the hub of like, of like life design and, and design is the Stanford University. And I, I sort of like put all this together and I was like, wait, you could actually design a life you love, a life lived on your terms. Um, and we could pull some of these things from, from, from other modalities. And so one of those things is, you know, you have to gather data about the user, right? And that's like really getting to know yourself and what are your peak experiences? And when are you in flow? And when are you not? And what are the shoulds that you're doing? And take some time to really study yourself and then get an idea that the, the vision, and I shared with you one idea about like community for me. And then it's like, okay, well, now I'm going to do some experiments. And that's a way you can start to explore some of these different things without completely like, you know, you don't have to sell your house and like quit your job and do all these like, you know, radical things. Radical to me means rerouting to the truth, right? It's a rerouting and a rerouting. Um, and so for me, like this year after the RV, we, we found a place that we want to explore. So we're going to live there for part of the year. And then there's also been a little bee in my bonnet, some calling about living in Europe or having property in Europe. My husband's family lives there. We're going to be spending a couple of months um, in Portugal, right? Seeing if that's like a fantasy, like, you know, eat, love, pray, or, you know, under the Tuscan sun. Uh, or is that something that actually could be cool? I don't know. So I'm going to go try it, right? So I set it up to where I can now start to have these little micro experiments. And along the way, I'm learning about myself for sure. I'm being courageous and putting myself outside my comfort zone. And I'm in a creation mode. And one of the seven questions about how we create a life of meaning is that we have to be creating. What, what have you created? 
right? And creating doesn't necessarily mean like an art project or, you know, write a book. It's what are you just generally, are you in a creation mode? Are you creating in your life versus stagnating in your life? And when you feel like you're creating, even if it's creating some new knowledge or creating new friendship or creating a connection, right? Or creating an idea, right? Or expressing it. This this generally will make us feel like we're living a meaningful life. And so starting to think, what are some experiments that you can create about your dreams or your fantasies? Because you really learn like if it was just a like, if only I could do this, then I'd be happy. And then find that you're on that search where there's something inside to stop making you happy. Yeah, absolutely. I, I That, you know, the creation aspect, because a lot of times people think very functionally, I'm coming up with a new technology, I'm coming up with a new product to sell. Um, but that outlet can be something big or small, as you mentioned, like there are so many facets to that. And that's one of the other aspects that I found for myself. And, and I love to tell, you know, you know, where you're at is so amazing and, 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 and really aligned in so many ways. I mean, you talked about eat, eat, love, pray. When I read that, I mean, I was just thinking, can I drop everything right now and just do the exact same thing? That is really what's in my heart, you know? And so it's still a process even for myself to get to all of those actualized, um, dreams and goals and, uh, life meaning that I'm looking for. But I found that in creating, doing this podcast, coming with, up with other content and ways that I can help serve women um, and hopefully a book in the future also, um, that is really what it was for me. I mean, there was a need to create. I mean, it, you know, I, if I backed it up a few years ago, I was looking for properties that we could renovate. I was like trying to find, you know, should we build a, a small um, strip center or do something else um, financially? And in, 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 and then I realized what it was in that that I really wanted was the creative process, the process to see something come alive, a project that I worked on. Um, and and then I realized that there's all these small ways that it can do it. I'm, I'm not huge. Um, and, and with the creation of this podcast, I was la- launching a, an Instagram. I'm not really huge on social media. But then I found that those small snippets of things that I can share to help inspire, impact, mentor, give guidance in whatever way to serve other women, that content creation was also meaningful. So there is so much along the lines of grandeur that you, like you said, it can be little experiments. It doesn't have to be this um, this great, big, meaningful jump out into the abyss. Um, on that, for the people that may be listening with a partner or a spouse or significant other who are as adventurous in what they're feeling or... I hate to say the word unsupportive because what I have found is that it's not often that people are totally unsupportive. It's just that they don't understand what you need and want to do and why. So it's their lack of um, ability to see that. Um, and, and being unsupportive sounds very negative. Um, I don't think that a lot of times the people that love you and around you are being unsupportive. They just want the best for you. And they may seem th- say things that are negative towards your goals and your dreams. Um, so it's important to, 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 to be clear on what those are and don't let others influence you. But when it comes to your significant other or spouse, 
if you have these big goals of, you know, moving off the grid or living in Europe or having an alternative lifestyle um, and your spouse may not ever come fully around to that, how do you grapple with that? That's such a great question. I mean, you know, this kind of goes back to when you're with someone and you're dating, you want to find someone who has core values. But often we just end up with someone and we realize we have most of our core values are the same, but not all of them. And I think what's really important is um, what I call the shoulder to shoulder conversation or many conversation. And the reason why it's called that is because metaphorically, you're together versus when you have a conversation here, you're on opposite sides, right? So you have to understand that like together, you're a team, right? So having these conversations, even when you're physically walking or sitting on the same side at the table can be really super helpful. Um, and one of the questions that my husband and I were asked uh, when we started this journey, which I think is a great question, is um, to answer it for the sake of what are we having this conversation? For the sake of what? And really getting clear is for the sake of our commitment, for the sake of our kids, for the sake of the love that we had together when we first met, like for the sake of what? When you come to this conversation with that, like put it on a piece of paper, like remember that that's your goal. And then, you know, the Gottman Institute, which is a great researcher and like they teach so many great um, couples kind of skills. Um, and one of the things that they really talk about, which is um, how do you build this strong house of relationship and it has to be trust on one side and commitment on the other side you know that is really the foundation and then you start to build like mutual dreams and individual dreams right and so if you say like for the sake of and you bring like i trust you and i'm committed to us really creating a relationship where we're working toward our mutual goals and our individual goals how can we support each other in creating that and that doesn't mean one person wins or one person's right. It's how do we compromise along the way? And I want to really just be transparent and tell you that like why I said my husband does it his way and I do it my way is because, you know, he'll think about his goals for like 30 minutes and I'll spend like, you know, one month writing and journaling on one thing. Um, he loves the ocean. It's his life. It's his thing. Like he loves mountains and nature and, and all of those things. Um, but he loves surfing, right? And that's a problem because most of the places where you can surf are either really crowded or really expensive, right? Or they have some sort of weird weather situation. And so I'm sharing this because that's part of the experiment that we're doing right now. Like if we go to Colorado, is there enough water, right? If we come to Hawaii for a holiday vacation, like we have for the last 30 years, is that enough surfing to surf for a few weeks, right? Um, can he do a trip here? Can he go there? So I just want you to really hear, it's not like we have this idealized thing and we're like constantly in agreement. We're, we're constantly looking at like, what do you want? What do I want? What do we want together? And how do we create that? Um, and thus the experiments are really great. And then we do like what we call assess and adjust, right? Which is we're like, okay, here's what we were testing. What did we learn? That's you know, excellent. What did we and I have to say, totally unrelated. Since uh, you mentioned surfing and that you're going to be visiting Portugal, do you think your husband's going to venture out and try that uh, crazy pipeline uh, surfing spot that they have in Portugal? Have you heard about that? Maybe I should probably I give him another I, give him another idea. I totally would. I was totally like, you pick the place. Like, 
because I I love to look at the ocean and I like to sit on the beach and I like to like go in. I'm I'm ocean curious. <laughs> it is. I mean, you know, but so I love I love the idea of like looking at water. I love the idea of walking to town. I love the idea of like possibly a simpler life, right? Like I don't know. Like it could be really cool. I don't I all we also pick Portugal because neither of us speak one lick of Portuguese. Right. If we go to France or we go to Spain, like there was I spoke Spanish. He spoke nothing like he spoke French. I spoke a little. I, I think we were just like, let's pick some place where we're both like completely the same. We know nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm hoping that that surfing thing. gets. that's just what's so cool about it is um, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm willing to experiment. And um, and. My mom used to say, um, which is so weird because when she said it, I rolled my eyes as we do it when our mothers mm-hmm. say stuff. But she always said, to me, nothing is set in stone. And she was so wise and I really didn't get that till now, right? Like um, if you make a decision and you don't like it or it doesn't work, the way I like to think about it is this is the universe transforming you or preparing you for transformation. You were meant to have this so you could learn to grow in a certain way. And now what are you going to do about it? What are you going to create? And creation is just even an action step. Amen. You're never stuck. It's never permanent. If you don't like it, change it. I mean, I know it sounds so simple and that's trite to say because it's not always that easy, but we make it too complicated. Marnie, it's not that complicated. I know that there can be challenges but at the end of the day, if you just say, this is what I need to do and I'm not happy here and I want to change it, you can pick off the rest piece by piece, layer by layer and make it happen. It really is at the end of the day, not that complicated. I think that is our fear keeping us stuck is having all of these reasons why it's not that hard, easy and I can't do this and I can't do that. Um, it's just the fear of the unknown and 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 and, you know, new experiences um but on that and 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 knowing that you're traveling and that you're going to continue to travel and figure out where you guys want to be tell us a little bit more about how you came into this um i want to unusual but different kind of a uh, business that you've built up uh, and how you make it work for your lifestyle yeah you know um i i I really started this journey because I got divorced. I've always been a writer. I wanted to write a book about dating. Uh, and I went out there and I heard, you know, like, you have to build a platform. And I was like, is that a shoe? Like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Uh, and I hired a coach and I, I, <laughs> but I had this lightning struck moment, moment because I had done all this personal development work after my divorce. And I was volunteering for this group as a facilitator. And I was talking to someone about like, Oh, I really like this. Like, what if I were a coach? And this person was like, well, you are coaching. You're like in this group. And I was like, I am like, wait, this is a job. What? Um, and this was like 2008, I think. And so uh, I was like, wait, what is this? Um, and it's a long story, but I wasn't, I wasn't teaching anymore. And I was like, what am I going to do? I had like three different jobs. Uh, and something inside was like, wait, this sounds really aligned. So I, I went to school, I got certified as a coach. I uh, 
I decided that the platform was that I would teach people about dating and relationships. And then I would write this book, which I did write a book and self-publish it, that one. Um, but that really set me on this journey, right, of um, creating this business around something that I felt really passionate about, which is how do you date and keep your dignity intact? Because that was the thing that was missing in my dating and my relationship, all of that. Um, and it morphed and it grew and it shrank and it grew and, you know, all these different iterations. And I really decided that I wanted my business to to really be aligned with what, uh, how could I be in service and also be a model, kind of like I did when I wanted to get a divorce for my kids, right? Like, how can I model this to other people? Um, and so there's a lot of affirmances I've made in the way maybe the business could have grown or what it could have been or all those things. But I realized that that that's really, the universe helped me see that that really isn't what I actually wanted. What I wanted to help like a really amazing community of women, I want to be able to, to have interaction with them. I want to be able to really work with women who want to change, who want to do the work. Um, and, and then I just am flexible right? Like I'm going to be going to one part of the world and I'll be waking up really early to do my work and I'll be going to Europe and I'll be kind of staying up late to do my work. And then I'll be spending a lot of time in Colorado and that's kind of right in the middle of the time zone world. So, so I'm, I'm experimenting literally what I'm doing. I'm experimenting. Yeah. And, and as your, your business grew and your team grew, um, you know, were there any unexpected challenges or anything you think, um, that is, particularly insightful that you learned along the way that would help other people who may be considering, you know, starting off as a solopreneur and then, you know, wow, it grows and, and then you hire a few people and it takes off and um, and how do you manage the time and the commitment and uh, still make it, you know, what you want in life? Because I really don't think anybody has in their vision statement or life goals, I want to work 60 hours a week all the time. No, for sure. So, and I think, so one of the biggest mistakes that I made, and it literally took me like 10 years to realize this, is that um, it, it's like, especially with social media, right? Uh, it's really easy to be like, I want what that person has. I want their business, right? Like I, I want to be the next Elon Musk, or I want to be the next Tony Robbins, or right? Like I want what they have. So I'm going to try and build what they have without knowing what that even means, right? Um, and that's where it get, it got really clear for me is like, I actually don't want that life. That is not the life that I want. That is not the life that's going to allow me to have freedom and flexibility and uh, connection and all these things and really, really impact people. Um, and so I think the number one thing to do is to like get off Instagram and stop thinking like, what's the success thing that someone else did? How many TikTok followers do they have? How many, you know, and really be like, wait, what is coming from the inside? What is an expression of my authentic self that needs to be fulfilled in the world? And how do I want to do that? Uh, and and then financially, what's enough, right? Like, what do I really need? And and get educated about, about that. Um, I was just talking with someone here who probably you know, has more money than God, as they say, right? Um, and is 63 years old and is afraid to retire because he's afraid he doesn't have enough money. And I was like, really? What's enough? And he's like, oh, no, I'm ridiculous. And I'm afraid. 
you know, and and the first and step is, is awareness, right? <laughs> yeah, and he has this beautiful uh, property that he bought, his dream property, um, in the on the west of the country. Uh, he's like, I'm not even spending time there because I'm working. So, but the thing is, right? So it doesn't matter how much. So, and what I'm telling you that story because you could have more money than God, right? But if you're not courageous, then you'll just keep putting it off, like we talked about at the beginning, right? That like the number or the whatever or the circumstance, then we can give ourselves permission to do it. So it's like, you need to really get clear on what is enough and what do you really need and what do you really want um, and 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 reverse engineer what you, what it is and, and ask those questions. And I was off social media for 18 months and I was, I loved every second of it. Uh, and then I realized uh, for this book project, I couldn't do that anymore. But um, the reason I got off was because I felt like comparison despair was really a thing. Uh, and I I didn't want to have FOMO anymore. I want to have, you know, um, JOMO, which is the joy of missing out. Uh, and that's yes. what I try to cultivate now when I'm on social media um, and really see it as you did, Crystal, as like an as another opportunity to impact people. Um but the bottom line is, if you're going to create something, really get clear on what is enough, what did, what would success really like look like for you? What do you want your lifestyle to be? Are you really committed and courageous and resourceful? Because those are the three things you need to be, I think, an entrepreneur. Yeah, I, I like to talk to, you know, becoming an everyday CEO, being the CEO of your own life. And and I, I have three C's, clarity, getting clear on your vision, your goals, your, you know, defining success, having confidence, you know, to demand what you're worth and, you know, whether that's your salary, your pricing with your clients, however that may be. Um, Maybe it's in how you delegate. If you're not working, you're a stay-at-home mom. It's how you delegate, you know, work tasks with your spouse or whoever. Um, And then courage to actually take the steps that require it you to get to where you want to go because that's really what CEOs do. You know, the best CEOs have a great message. They have a great vision. They get buy-in from the people around them. They have the confidence to move forward day after day and the courage to make the changes when they need to be done. And I think that's really, really important. Um, and we can all take that in to making our lives and every days uh, feel more successful, feel more satisfying um, and and not just let life continue on to take us uh, where we go. Uh, one of the last questions I had for you on that uh, for people that may be wondering, because I just think it's so, you know, idealized and, 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 and after the pandemic in this era that we're living in, people, you know, think about how can I travel and how can I work? Uh, what is your husband doing that also allows him to be in that journey with you? Yeah, so it's really, uh, he was working in um, TV production when we lived in LA, which uh, was horrible. He didn't like it. Uh, You work really hard and then you don't work at all. Uh, He was never available and never around when he was on a job. And so we decided like in the middle of our relationship that he would focus on running our house uh, and supporting me and taking helping take care of the kids. Then the kids grew up. and then he became like the chief designer of our life and managing all the details. Now, um, after our year on the road, he's actually working in the company because we simplified and got rid of a bunch of people. And now he's helping us plan all our, um, our our events, our virtual and live events. And so that's 
been great because he's really good at it and it's really easy for him to do those things and also be there to like run the run the life. The one thing I did learn about living in an RV for a year was that um, simplicity and freedom are totally defined differently by the person in the life that you really want to live. Because what we realized after a year of doing that was that we had less freedom and it was less simple, right? Because you're stuck with the RV. You can't just leave it and your cats, which we have, and go on a trip, right? Um, you you can't just get from uh, Tennessee to California to go to a concert. You gotta spend a couple weeks driving there, um, right? And it was a lot more complicated. Like, where are we gonna go? You can't pull over for coffee. You're driving down the road and you're like, that place is cute. Oh my God, no. You can't just pull over when you're driving in a 40-foot vehicle. Um, and you have to find a place and you're staying overnight in Walmart every once in a while. And there were a lot of moving pieces and we were like, wait, we want is freedom and simplicity. This has been a fun adventure and we've seen so many things um, and so many cool parts of the country and we really learned a lot about each other. But um, this isn't giving us freedom and simplicity. We never would have known that if we wouldn't have really committed because we did do a six-week experiment in an RV and it was blast. Uh, but we, we, we didn't know, but it was the best thing we ever did. But that's why I'm saying assess and adjust. There were moments where I was like, oh my God, wait, we sold our house. We're going to live in an RV. That was going to be our thing. We're going to do this for a few years. And I'm like, but wait, why? That's a should. So Absolutely. really, what did we learn? What are we going to do next? We got, what so, we got we got the data. We collected the data we needed to collect. So did you pivot to doing like shorter midterm uh, stays and like renting a house somewhere for a couple of months? Yeah. Um, so that's what we decided to do. So we decided what we need is some stability. Um, we also like our cats are amazing. They're adventure cats. If I could do a whole podcast on like, how do you train your cats to be dogs? Uh, but uh, so my cats are going to we're going to we're renting a house in Tebow Springs, Colorado. Uh, we're super excited. We're going to have that as our home base. Um, we have a lovely dear friend who is going to cat sit and also uh, stay in the house. And because uh, she wants to try out living there when we do go to Portugal. Um, and then uh, we're going to experiment. So we're doing our little Europe experiment. We're going to do living in the mountains experiment. Um, and then we'll go we'll go on trips and we'll explore the West and, and we'll, we'll figure that out. So that uh, my husband was trying to sneak in a third experiment and I was like, oh my God. Well, of course, it was a water-based one. Uh, and I was like, too much, too much. My word of the year is simplicity. So um, so we're seeing, I'm living two months, it's going to be almost two and a half months in a little carry-on bag. So um, I'm very sick of my clothes, but very happy that my bag is very small. So it's just, I'm. I think... What's really great about this, and again, you don't have to do all this stuff that I'm doing. I'm in a, I'm, I'm changing it up. I'm still growing. I'm still creating. I'm still learning about myself. And wherever you are, don't be afraid to ask yourself um, inside, like, is there an inner wisdom? Is there some information? Like, what is it that you, that it truly, you need to be fulfilled and feel happy and just be curious and and find the joy in, in the adventure because really that's life, in my opinion. Absolutely. I know that your story is going to inspire so many people, hopefully, you know, create some really serious, deep thoughts around what happiness and what's possible in life. 
um, because I just think you're such a shining example of it. And I've loved talking to you about all these things. Um, I have a hundred more questions. So we might have to have a follow up um, about all the things that tie in, you know, because I think at the end of the day, everybody is looking for satisfaction and happiness. Like those are the two things that everybody is searching for. And because you spend so much time and energy on your career and your love life, those things really go hand in hand. Um, and so I think, you know, when people are looking outside the box about what their life and what their meaning and their purpose and how to achieve that, you know, a lot of that goes to your relationships. Um, and so I have so many questions uh, that at some point we might have to talk about again. Um, but uh, we're going to link in the show notes. But if there's anything else you want to share with the audience, how they can find you, what's the best way to connect with you, um, let them know. Well, let's see. Uh, you, if you're interested in a relationship, you can go to datingwithdignity.com. If you're interested in living life on your terms and life design, you can go to the Institute for Living Courageously dot com um and i'm doing a radical living challenge on tiktok i'm doing uh dating with dignity on tiktok and both of those on instagram and uh that's where you could find us and listen to our podcast life check yourself it kind of brings it all together it's super fun um so and you have some great, great guests on there of my first of my personality it is we have really amazing really smart guests. And then for those of you who like reality TV and what can you learn from it, we do once a week because it's my passion and it's my show. Uh, I do a deep dive uh, with another guest every week on what can we learn about life and love from reality TV. So that will be kicking back off again in January when uh, we got some Love Island coming, maybe a little Bachelor. We've got like um, Mills in the Mansion, crazy stuff that we'll just be having fun talking about in addition to all our experts that we have on the show. Well, that's awesome because that's what life is all about at the end of the day is having fun and <laughs> finding the joy in everything. It has been so refreshing to have you on today, Marnie. Uh, thank you for your time. Uh, it's been a blessing to me. It's been a blessing to the audience. Uh, and we just want to thank you and honor your time. Everybody, oh, thank we'll you. be back next week with another awesome guest and you can tune in to some of the other short clips with practical tips and topics on how to stay clear on your vision, own your worth and become the CEO of your own lives. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening in. If you loved what you heard, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with your friends. Tag us on social media so we can give you a big shout out. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you want more, head on over to the website where you can learn all about what we do to serve and support our entire community. Until next time, keep dreaming big and getting clear. You are made for more. So start living like it today.